Squeaky Link Podcast, episode 15, with Rob from Visible Art. Hey, there you are. <laughs> Hello, good to see you. Good to see you. How are you today? Yeah, good, thanks. Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. That's okay. Obviously, Tom will do an interview with you another day, I think. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm booked in with them next week, actually. So, oh, really? nice. Okay. Um, yeah, may I just start by like uh, asking you to introduce yourself and say, talk about the studio a little bit and the types of things that you do in your studio? I am Robert Trigg. I mm -hmm. run a company called Visible Art. Um, that's been going for probably about 18 odd years. Wow. So, um, it's well it started because I I think I just felt I could do a better job doing it myself rather than working for other people and so you're um, commissioning other people originally like no I, I I I was I had no interest in running a business um <laughs> I mean as you know yourself it is I know how hard it was um watching my old boss doing it all Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, you know, it's just the way he did it, um, which was extremely hard. And, and as a printer, you know, you, you, you kind of always have better, different ideas of doing things, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, so when you work for someone else, it's very difficult to, to sort of express what you feel that it's best to go down and so on. Mm -hmm. And... And that was it, really. So he, he sort of, I worked for him for sort of 12 odd years. So I've been, I've been in the business for a long time now. And nice. Okay. Yeah. And it's sort of, it, it's, we, so I worked for him. He decided to, to stop and, uh, and I was going to go back to uni and do something else and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it sort of, uh, friends have said that when I try it before I do anything else yeah and that and that was it so I just thought I'll give it a go thinking I can go down and surf every you know <laughs> days and just print for a few days and so on um but it didn't work out like that obviously you know it's a full-time job and you you if you're as I think as you know yourself it, it, you you print for a few days but you end up spending just as much time doing a lot of preps and so on yeah, um, talking to customers and, and things like that and you have to be around for customers so mm -hmm. that, that sort of got busier and busier basically yeah um, uh, why, why did you call it visible art it was a name that came out of a different venture so uh, we i i was helping with a place called Tactile Bosch at the time. And uh, the, uh, that was very much an art place. Lots and lots of extremely talented artists that didn't have a clue on how to show their work. Yeah. So, you know, how to make it financially viable. Yeah, exactly, monetizing it. Like, yeah. yeah, so, so I, I sort of came up with the idea that I would um, take their work, go to offices, and get the offices to to um, take the work on in mm. you know put it all up in all the offices spaces and so on uh, foyer and uh, making sort of their workspace a bit sort of nicer to be in 
So I, I sort of said, look, you know, I'll do all this. I'll go and take it all into these places and, and call it visible art. So it mm. just means that I see. Well, art, okay. it's visible. <laughs> so, so that was it. So that was all set up, ready to go. And then obviously the, the business came up then with the printing. Mm. So I, I sort of ran it as a similar thing for a bit, uh, running both businesses and so on. Um, and then eventually, obviously I had to give one up because this one was getting quite busy. So, so yeah, so this, this came about and stuck. Became a big monster that you had to keep feeding. <laughs> um, yeah, so like what kind of, um, did you make any, did you already kind of like inherit some kit from buying out another business or did you manage to like, did you have to invest in your equipment from the start when you made visible art as the screen printing studio? Yeah, you, obviously you inherit a bunch of customers. So my old boss uh, carried on. He he carried on and decided to stay out of screen printing. Oh. Um, so for a while I went into screen printing and that's what I loved and that's what I did. And he sort of stayed in the vinyl and digital and he was one of the oh, first okay. to go into digital and all that kind of thing as well. Mm. Um, so it, we, we sort of worked together for a bit. Um, and gradually, I sort of took on, I inherited his price list, right. <laughs> which obviously is a nightmare to change once you, you sort of inherit something like that. Mm. And that sort of, over time, I realised that, you know, if I wanted to carry on I, and, and to do a job well, you can't really do it on a budget or a cheap printing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so as time went on, I, my prices went up and I lost customers mm -hmm. that way. But, you know, at the time I was, it was fine because I wasn't really too bothered with, yeah. with you know, I, I wanted to, to have a bit more work-life balance. Mm -hmm. I was working silly hours with them, you know, it, it, so when you work for someone else's, the job, it, you, you have no control over timekeeping, the... Mm jobs of criteria things going wrong you know I'm, I'm I'm amazed you know for yourself that you you allocate time for printing and then <laughs> and then you 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 do other things but that's you know when things goes goes wrong or customers yeah. change things last minute it's like you can't you yeah, can't no. do things yeah, yeah, I get. Yeah, I get that the plan sometimes falls apart especially if you get like sent all your shirts and you don't give it like basically now have to have your shirts delivered then give it like a three-day leeway just to get the right shirts delivered to you because <laughs> you're like yeah you've missed all these and I've got some dresses extra like yeah it's it's really tricky um yeah and when you're working through you know when you're working through the shirts as well something's wrong you know it's a it's it's a minefield on on mm. all that and yeah so it, it's sort of I, I I wasn't bothered and as time went on we, we were we were stuck with a with a very low price list for a while mm. and and yeah we we changed the way we wanted to do things as um I realized really early on probably about 15 years back that we really needed to go down the environmental route yeah I saw um, you had like the green promise which you've like got a huge statement on your website about yeah, we, like we, about that, those we earned, well, the, the Welsh Government in their wisdom, which was fantastic, actually, because obviously 
uh, a lot of people are calling for this is it, it's yeah you can go and join all the different um the different sort of society the private they're all privately run you mm -hmm. know that you get all these certification and so on and they all cost quite a lot of money and i we we ourselves went and looked to see whether we can get uh soil station approval and all that yeah and when you start looking at it you you it's it's a nightmare because it costs quite a lot of money you also run into a whole load of issues and how well you want to do it mm. is also another matter you know if if you're if if it's quite difficult to do it full hog you know to trying to get everything in place and and it either costs a lot of money or it takes a long time to get in place and to get all the material and all the equipment and, and the type of uh, energy saving or the type of inks you're supposed to be using. And, and that mm. is, you know, unless you, you start right at the beginning like that, yeah. but it means you have to have so much knowledge. From the start, <laughs> prior to knowing what the knowledge is that you need. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, make sense, so, does it? So it's great, you know, you, you don't know what to ask, you don't know what you need to know, and as you, and the worst thing is, is as you begin to do it, go down that route, it, it, it you realise there's more and more and more stuff you mm. really need to know. And also, if you want to do it properly, you need to do more of it than just less. And yeah, and that um, in itself was quite a, 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 an issue. So we, we took years to really get anywhere. Yeah. And the... So really then you go down to bite size, you, you grab bits that you can do. Um, and I think that's the best advice really. You, you... So what are the first things that people can do? Like, like you said, like a smaller studio would be able to afford and put into their system. <laughs> that's hard. Um... Okay. <laughs> I think it's probably the garment choice, right? Because on it your, is. On it your is. site, you've, You've talked about working with like, is it Continental and Stanley Stella, just because they've already baked that into their line. So that's yeah, no, I mean, weirdly, weirdly, we didn't, we, we've always used, as a, a company called Cherry Pie before Continental. Okay. And they were brilliant. I loved them. Uh, they, they've gone under now a long, long oh, time ago. Okay. Yes. So, but we went with them for a long time. I, I wanted to go with them. It was expensive um it, they were really considerate and they really wanted to to you know uh go down the route of that and it and then it sounds it sounds mad that 15 years ago doesn't sound that long ago I know, in, yeah. in, in in eco sense it was it was a you know people cared but not in the way they they do now mm. you know and and i think really in you know, Stanley is, and a lot of companies like that um, have spent a lot of time educating customers and ourselves as mm -hmm. printers. And even now, there's only a handful of people that do what we do, mm. you know, and insists on using uh, Stella and Continental and the more environmental uh, garments, trying to get people to buy to to buy higher quality. Yeah. I think, um, uh, yeah, surely, just whenever I, when I did it, I made like a decision, like right there, I was like, I can't deal with it, I'm switching over, 
just when you give the boxes over to the customer and every so often they want to open the box at the front door or something and you get to see it and then the quality of the garment and the printing go together but they just get so much more excited when they can like feel it and then you can you know it's like they're they're attributing that quality of the shirt to you and your printing and it does like elevate it a little bit but I just don't know why you wouldn't want your customer to be excited like that. Um, they yeah, see the so price. They see the price, and that and that's what they're worried about. It is so, but it, it's also depending what part of the country you're in as well. We we in Cardiff historically have had issues with pricing. Mm. Yeah, and it's only really again been recently that the attitude of of spending more than 20 pounds on a design, a, a, a t-shirt that's been designed by a, a designer, you know, uh, not, not a label itself, but from, mm. a, from a, you know, personally designed uh, person. It, it, it's, it's, it's sort of, it's only now that people are willing to pay more for it. Right. Before, you know, if you, if you go over that 20 quid, that's it, people don't wanna know. And, and that, you know, you, we're printing for a certain price, and they have to sell it on it at two or three time markup itself. Yeah, I see. Okay. To make money, mm. and and it, it's sort of and, and that's where you are. If we're if we're working on stuff that we buy in, you know, then we're having to to we're really caring on what we do, and it's not just the price of the shirt. The ink we use is generally if you buy um, the 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 more ethical products. It is more expensive, partly not because you know the the ethical side of it itself, the chemical is very much of a muchness, mm. but it's whether you look at the, the where the, where you source it, you know what part of the world it comes from, right. um, the the fact that if it has hasn't got certain product in it itself, it, it you know they have to use other chemicals to to bypass some of the ones that are more harmful. The other one is, is is simply that they look after their workers better. Yeah. You know, and, and with with you know the, the environmental side of attitude, it, it's also to do with people's work environment. Massively, yeah. You know, yeah. and and for them to care, for them to do their job well, for them to produce something nice, and, and it goes hand in hand, a whole lot goes hand in hand, you know, with, with something that you buy that is good. Mm. No. How do you go about explaining to people? Because I'm sure you get it as well, um, where people ring you up and they're like, "Oh, I I got this call the other day, genuinely." So he rang me up and he said, "I've just got a thousand bags from Bangladesh, and it was twenty p a bag." And I'm like, "I'm not printing on that." And he's like, "Oh, why why won't you print on it?" And I said, "Well, there's a few things. I like to supply the bags so I know where they come from. It doesn't sound like." you can trace back where they were produced. So it could be that that wasn't an approved or regulated factory. And he was like, he kind of kicked off a little bit, but I, it's someone else's job now. So he can bring his box of crumpled crappy bags that God knows what sweatshop produced. He can have them, but I'm not printing on them. But like, how do you, how do you kind of like bypass people who want to bring you stuff that they've already purchased? that you know isn't in line with the stuff that you're going so hard to source yourself? Um, 
we work the middle ground ourselves at this moment. We mm-hmm. we we basically um, a, a good sort of again ten years back we were doing some work for for a lady that that again local, and she did a lot of stuff on baby's garment, and we were buying in ink especially for that, which is mm-hmm. has to be you know a lot safer. So and we had a lot of stock on on the shelf for for those kind of things and at one point it was like why are we got multiple stuff here for for different you know adults and children and things like that and so I, we we made the switch over you know that, that we just thought well we'll go down this route of just everything that is chemically safe for for us and for for the customers itself mm-hmm. and we then spent a long time trying to educate customers and to buy nicer product to print on because mm-hmm. it's pointless um, telling people that we're, we got all these ethical stuff to print on, but they give us really you know, yeah. shoddy stuff. And I think at the end of the day, you have to start somewhere. You know, it, it's quite a luxury to turn around and say, I... I'm not going to do certain things. Yes, no, I understand that. I do appreciate that a lot of people can't um, because they're at that size where they have to keep a turnover of a certain amount and they've got lots of like people to pay and all that. I do, I do get that it's a luxury. It's just I can't, I can't take it in. And then <laughs> well, do the, all my the, research you, you, you can think of it a different way, as in. Mm. You know, you don't have a go at a friend for not recycling. No, I wasn't. I genuinely wasn't trying to have a go. I was trying to say, I don't, if I'm honest, I don't want to pick out bags that are all crumpled and crappy anyway no, and well, missized and stuff. Yeah. No, to yeah. be fair, e- economically, it's pointless as well because you're, you're having to deal with very badly made products and you're trying to uh, print at a price that is worth it for you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and yeah, I mean, in, in a way, it, you know, it's better to turn it down because it will become a nightmare anyway. And also to be fair, that kind of customer do become a nightmare to deal with because mm-hmm. they want it cheap, you know? Yeah. Um, the, we, we, we spent a long time trying to figure that out ourselves. You know, that do we just turn around and say, no, we're not going to do any of that and and just, you know, work with the nice stuff itself. But in the end, we, we decided it was, it was, we would educate people more. You know, we would say that we're, I've had, I've had a call. This is something that came up a long time ago. I've had a call that was similar to yours where the guy rang me up that have been printing from India and so on and said he's get, he gets it for this price. But I want to stay local and, you know, I want you to do it in, yeah. in Wales. And I sort of told him how much we were, we were charging. And he's like, oh, but I can get it in India for this price. Yeah. And well, laughed. you don't want it local then. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed and I was like, well, we don't have Indian prices. Yeah. You know, and and... It was like, but why can't you do it for that price? And it's like, I was like, well, because there's law in this country that we have to pay minimum wages for, for yeah. our staff and so on. And, you know, and, and we don't, 
want to pay minimum wages either because you know, I want to pay a bit higher than that. And, and the thing is, it, 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 if you're having to educate customers just to that level, it's yeah. like it becomes, it becomes extremely hard to then go in other ways. Mm. So what we sort of in the end decided, it's like, look, we're going to buy in nice stuff, nice print, and print well and pay our guys well and so on and so forth and then what they give us you know there's a whole list of term and condition then to say yeah, that, yeah disclaimer you know, we <laughs> you know we'll do our best but frankly you know this is what you get and what you can do is 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 print with nice products mm. uh, and and make sure your guy you know the people to yeah it is is has the right um it is you know safe yeah and that's that's really in the end that's what we ended up sort of doing and we're still you know we we have pushed the last sort of five years we really have gone for it much much more yeah you know but we're still doing stuff that people you know give us and so on and that's just a start thing itself we can't yeah we can't yeah, we can't always sort of determine. We've got 10 people here. And yes, you've got quite a chunky team. I love all those animations on the website. It's not animations, actually. It's two still pictures, isn't it? When you when you hover over and then they all animate. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I, did, I did enjoy your website and all that. Um, can you talk to me about the team and, like, how you've managed to bring them on and, like, um, just, like, cultivate your team and... Any advice on hiring and stuff like that? We, we, well, hiring itself is as much to do with people wanting the job. So it's not about the money because. Do you, do you hire people with experience or do you like to train them green? Or? Train them, train them. It's been, when I first started uh, printing, there was a lot of printers about and you can then steal people yeah. and so on. You know, they're, they're really trained and so, but. When I came about, a lot of businesses had gone under. So I started, um, so 2000, um, I started to my own stuff. And there was, uh, it sort of, I mean, the industry was wiped out. Everybody was doing printing in abroad right. and so on. It all had gone abroad and a lot of printers and a lot of sort of that kind of uh, skill had gone. Mm. So when I, sort of started I, I decided it was a better thing to do is is to train people from scratch right. we had a lot of um artists that was coming out of uni with um with their print degree mm -hmm. but have yes. no practical skill none whatsoever yeah no and and i i'm using an example and i'm hopefully jude won't mind from print house <laughs> yeah so jude is an amazing person now but when she first came out of college you know she started working for me and that's how you know we we all went about with, with what we've done now with Tom and Jude and Printhouse and so on mm. it, it, it's sort of she came in with loads of ideas loads of sort of enthusiasm massive amount of knowledge and skills but not in actual print yeah not in man do you mean like not in manufacturing 
Um, or the, the practical skill, I, I, there's, there's a difference between knowing how to print uh, artistically yes, <laughs> and knowing how to print with consistency and speed. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And, it, you know, to set up a job, you can't do it in half a day. You have to do it in 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, uh, and the more colours you have, the, the, the more crucial you need to get it done quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really the, the, the technical skill of knowing, understanding what happens in temperature, the day's temp, you know, today's temperature, whether the, the, the T-shirt is slightly damp because it's winter. Yeah. You know, you have to treat it in a slightly different way. It, it, it doesn't dry as quick as you expect and then when you've got you know small tunnel dryers and certain type of uh flash dryers and tunnel dryers you 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 have to be a lot more careful in curing mm. and people don't know that yeah. you know and and if you let them loose without proper understanding the the real deep side of of how to print well that's where you're going to get, you know, into a cropper with with your customer, really, because mm. if, you know if you haven't killed something properly, and especially if you're working on high end stuff. Yeah, because you, you do know. work with some really quite high end customers, don't you? You've got you were talking earlier about like how you do, how you print for people, and then you know they're reselling it, and you know what price they're reselling it for. So that's why it was important. Because I saw you printed for like Doomsday and like loads of other people. But they're like a local Welsh um, brand, aren't they? Hmm. So, like, that's quite a good example. Well, um, we, we used to print for them, but we don't. Yeah, really yeah I feel like they've brought it in house, haven't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they do their own now. And, and we, we, we at first train a lot of people and we allowed, we had an open house so policy, really, that we okay. didn't mind anyone coming in. We had a lot of stick for that because we so about 12 years ago we started print house and that was because a lot of people came out of uni not knowing how to technically print and we felt that people need to know how to do things well mm. and that it would help the industry with more printers practical printers about that understand that can design and know about print and it, it still both helps. And and I think really to take the snobbery out of, of I'm a designer, you know, right. printers are printers. They're, they're, you know, these lowly people that do my printing for me. Yeah. And they don't understand how much knowledge we have and how much um, education we've had up to that point as well. You know, we're mm. all, you know, people are with masters and, and you know, yeah. doctorate in all that. But they, they somehow, because we think we go down the printing route, that somehow we're not the same as uh, designers. And, and that, that was myself. I, I left uni not knowing how to print. And I, and I came out with a, you know, service pattern uh, qualification. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, I don't have a clue about how to do the printing of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, is one of your, uh, how I got into it uh, myself is that I, I, I offered to work for my old company for free because he, right. they, they helped me with my final year project. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, you know, for that, I'll, I'll work for you for a few months, knowing I'll get experience and, and they get the free person on that. 
so I did. And, and I stayed with them for about three months, learned as much as I could. And grand idea to go traveling. So I got to America, stuck there. And I have family in America, in California. And, and, yeah. and my auntie, being Vietnamese, I'm, I'm half Vietnamese, that wanted to marry me off. Right. <laughs> so, that, yeah, when, when you're on holiday and she wants to marry you off. While I was there, yeah. yeah. Jeez, and she yeah. was like, you know, I was 21, 22 at the time, and she was like, why am I not married? Were you told so, to dress nice for a particular dinner? And then... Weirdly, yes. She, yeah. she cut my hair and told me to turn up somewhere. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, this is bizarre. And she's, she's just interested with this girl and she's like, you're marrying her. And, and this is what, you know, Vietnamese custom is. You, yeah. You know, you're auntifying your wife and that's it. So I, I so made my excuses and, and left. And rung my mum up and said, I'm coming home. <laughs> was I'm it. never cutting my hair again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it. A week later, I was home living with her, you know, and 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 it, it was, I went to my old company again to say, I'm back in the country, you know, to, to, to have a position that I, you know, I need a job. They said no. So I moved to London and I got myself a, a a, sofa, a, 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 a car delivery person in London. Right. So posh, posh car delivery. Oh, you were a car courier person. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's so sort of, I don't know what it was. It was, yeah. it was I, I, I didn't really start, so I got the job. <laughs> so yeah. I went for an interview to, to, to deliver posh cars to people in London. That's nerve wracking. That's scary, isn't it? <laughs> that must be the yeah. most scary job. Like, well, I didn't actually do it. Yeah, but <laughs> I got the going job. for it. I didn't <laughs> really then, go for that one. And then, well, I was trying to get any job, really. <laughs> and, and then literally that two days later, before I started, um, the, the company from here so rung me up and said, oh, we got a position for you. Do you want it? And I said, look, I've got a job, but I need to know if I come back, you know, it's a permanent job that you're going to nice. do. Nice. Yes, you could use it as a bargaining chip, maybe. And that was it. So I came back and and basically, you know, didn't look back then. So and that's how I, I ended up staying within printing then. So but it, do you think that's like partly because you did offer your services for free for three months? And do you think that's what like the younger generation is um, willing to do to get that work? I, I, um, I think really the only way they can do it because you come out of college with no practical skill mm -hmm. and nobody wants you. Yeah. Now, I've, I, I've sat in many interviews that I could see the, the, the person, you know, now it's worse when I came out with very little debt. You know, if yeah. you come out with massive amount of debt and college is telling you constantly that you, you can demand whatever you want when you leave college and then you're sitting there telling them that, you know, they can only, I, I'm only willing to pay 15, 16,000 pound minimum wage at the time. Mm. You know, you, you see the, the face drop. Yeah. You know, because practically they're, they're, they're no good to us, you know. And that's why then again, part of that, we we set up the, the, the print house as well. So to allow that intermediate period, yeah. so they can they can learn that practical skill 
with people like ourselves. You know, we gave it all for free. So it's a non-profit organization where we would, if we were there and all of so us- is, Sorry, I think, I think I've missed a bit about the print house. Is it like a open access studio where you get taught or what's the kind of be. setup? Right. It's a bit different now. So uh, uh, originally it was studios. So the studio created um, the, 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 the finance to keep the place. So 6,000 square feet, 3,000 of it is, is to wow. uh, have a studios. And so what, what, going back a little bit, what it was, we were getting a lot of uh, students coming out of uni, final year, finishing college as well, wanting to come into our place to learn about printing, yeah. which we were doing for a while. We had schools in here, we had uh, students, so, you know, throughout all the years really. And, and we, we had a lot of that kind of thing. But, you know, when you have people coming into a commercial uh, sort of printing, yeah. it was extremely hard to control it. And, and when I found out as well, the insurance wise, it was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you have all these kids and, you know, adults and all sorts of things, you know, at different time coming in. Mm. And I, I just felt it was too much of a, a risk, really. Mm -hmm. And so we then, I, you know, we then sort of decided, okay, I think we need a different entity to, to allow people to come in. And when it's in there, it's only manual. So no machine that right. runs on their own. Because yeah. that, you know, mangle people up and things like that. And you, and you don't need high level of training for that kind of thing. Mm. So, so yeah, so we, we then decided, okay, that it, and that did go down the route of purely you know, uh, sort of environmental and so on. And, and because it was manual, we could start it with, with only uh, ethical stuff and product mm -hmm. reuse of all ethicals and so on. And that could be like that. And yeah, then people come in, they would do all that. So we spent a long time training people here. Uh, and then, you know, as I said about other printers coming in. So prior to them being other printers, you know, they came to us and and wanted to know everything we we gave it all out yeah you know? um you know i was even curious on your end when when i was you know, saw your video what type of machinery you were using to, to yeah. do the film work and to to do your plotting and things like that it's mm -hmm. sort of you know and that that type of thing people take we take a long time to figure out this is a machine to buy this works yeah. well someone else comes along see that you know, five minutes later, they can buy it. They don't know, you know, anything else about anything else. They just know that that's what that person used. Great, it works. Yeah, yeah, I, I see how the recommendations work, but it's also like, I get asked what that big printer is for film positives, like probably two or three times a week. And I'm like, it's an Epson T7200, yeah? But have fun maintaining that for what you need. <laughs> it's not what you need. I don't know why you want it, because unless you're outputting film for massive huge scale well, artists yeah. it's not it's not a thing that well i'll freely give it away because they can run with it if they want well the problem is 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 it's the problem for us not so much i suppose for yourself as you do a lot of educational stuff and mm. you you are happy for people to to learn but the problem for for us is, is when they open a few miles down the road and start oh what you mean. Yeah, yeah. customers that yeah. you know we do all this and it, it, it's hard to 
is when when word of mouth in how you work and um, and when you're you're deciding how do you make yourself different from someone else that have just you've taught taken everything that you have machinery wise mm. and just copied it you know yeah. how do you make yourself different after that and I suppose for a while we were a little pissed off with it right yeah but we realized then okay it's a challenge really it, it, it's nothing it's no different to what we've been doing up to now teaching people how to print and you know other printers ringing up saying why are you doing this why are you showing them how to print properly and so on and they say well the more of us the better the more people know about how to print well we'll better. rise each other up surely yeah it, 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 so i want i want a printer down the road to to do a really bloody good job not to do a really shit job and then they come back to us saying you know oh i don't i don't want that that and that because they did it and, and we're like and we have to spend half our time explaining we don't do that yeah yeah because they'll just come and say oh does does yours crack as well and you're like no because i cured it <laughs> and then yeah you've got to like sometimes you've got to yeah i know what you mean that is that why you kind of stayed in your lane with screen printing and it doesn't seem that you've ever deviated off it like because you we, said we, you left the the other stuff to the other guy like you're yeah we know we, we tried it and then and every so often you know you have to look at it and and maybe test it out and try it out and so on and you know we had we had i think i must have bought one of the first two epson printers when he first came out director uh, director garment Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did a survey, uh, a can't think of the word. Um, they did a, a, a thing on me on that as well, you know, where Epson came down and you know, did a whole sort of, uh, sort of project on it on that. And it was wonderful, it was a great machine, did exactly what it did, and it was probably one of the best sort of cheap machine out there mm-hmm. you know, to buy. And but commercially. It was, it was just didn't work because when you put a person on it, which when you pay someone, you know, uh, 18 to 20,000 pounds to print and they can only print so 12 shirts an hour, mm. it, it, you know, you have to charge so much for it. If you're working in a, if you buy it and it, it, it's a table size, you can have it at the back of your house you know, which someone has converted into a, an office for themselves and, and dish out a whole bunch of prints on... On, on demand. Yeah, on demand. Doesn't matter what the image is, you can keep swapping it, I'm assuming. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Yeah. So, mm. so in, in that way, it works extremely well if you are a small-time printer and that's all you have. And if you want to make, you know, a few quid for yourself every day, then it's fantastic you know, or you bash it up and make a whole load one day and then do, do another job. It is mm-hmm. fantastic, but it, it sort of, it doesn't work in a commercial environment itself. Mm-hmm. You, you need to print at speed and, and so on. And it, it, it's sort of, so we tried it for a couple of years, you know, we, we didn't make any money, but we didn't lose very much. And so we just passed it on then. And, yeah. uh, and so we're, now we're trying different things. But at some point then we we really stuck to screen printing 
and really stuck with ethical. Yeah, because you, um, you've, you, you've, you've got every point <laughs> covered with all your printing methods because you are doing discharge, you are doing water space, you are doing plus. So, so like, how are you, are you managing to like put time aside to, to do all that research with like things like discharge or are you kind of like seeing what the job is? I know you've been in, in the industry a long time, so this seems like a silly question, but or are you like reacting to jobs like one comes in and it's and it will look really good on discharge with a certain shirt and then you're kind of experimenting to get it right when on the job <laughs> like as the job comes in because the materials and shirts and these dyes are changing all the time aren't they so or do you already have it nailed or i don't know yeah no it's <laughs> <laughs> um when i was printing yes it, it it was very much of trial with customers jobs really mm. and it, it does go wrong and it goes wrong with a, a, a quite a big expense that we have to you know pay we we again you know we've already decided that a long time ago that if it's our fault it's our fault we just mm -hmm. have to correct it it's money that's it you know it can be expensive but there's no point in arguing with customers and things like that we we put our hands up to it and there's no it, it it's sort of we our the, our thing with it is when we experiment with different inks and with different things we know certain product work well and the continental and, and stella worked brilliantly because mm -hmm. they so there's a bit of a weird thing because with more environmental dyes and so on and product it's more unstable so you get a different result, mm -hmm. but it does a better job for some reason. Do you mean like it's more consistent, like you know what you're going to get because then they're, they're going to be treating the garment the same every time, but like you might not get like a pure white with discharge or something. Or like yeah, you, you, you have to change people's um, attitude toward it. And so with natural product, we, we we tell them that, you know, if you're printing with natural dyes, if you're printing with um, less chemical-based so products and so on, it won't do as brilliant of a job. Mm. You know, chemical product works extremely well. Yeah. Chemical, high chemical sort of um, general T-shirts and so on has dyes in it that is extremely stable. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to put dye on it or discharge on it, it, it just won't take. It doesn't take so well because mm -hmm. obviously what you're printing on is this high stable stuff that then you're trying to bleach and you're trying to you know put water base and so on and it, it begins to fight. So when you're using more natural product with a natural uh, garment as well, they tend to complement each other a bit more. Right. Mm -hmm. But the difference is, is, is you, you, uh, people's design has to be slightly different. You have to design it in to it. You can't expect a, a print with natural or more ethical inks and, and with a, a shirt that is, again, you know, organic and so on, to be this brilliant white print. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It isn't going to be because, you know, everything you're doing is, 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 is sort of where uh, sort of 
better and it fades more and you know it, it it's sort of part it, it will break down quicker yeah it's part of the shirt isn't it it's yeah, part okay. of the design part of the shirt so you have to then educate customers as well on that is that you know if you're using all natural product it, it it's designed to break down mm. over time so it won't last as long but the feel of the shirt is fantastic it's nice to wear and it you know, everything about it is is much, much better, mm. including, you know, the people that make it. You, you're, you're not buying the product because it's nice on you. You're buying the product because, you know. Yeah. People that made it have, have been paid a decent wage for it as well. So it, it's the whole thing. You, you know, if you're if you're going down this route, it, it, it you have to think of the whole thing, not just because you're buying ethical stuff. You yeah. know, it is everything that goes down the line. Yeah, that's why I think, like, I'm I'm trying to like think of the words to describe the fact that everyone uh, can say environmentally friendly and stuff, and then surely the environment that surely it should be tagged on or just as important the fact that it was produced with ethical labour. So if if you're trying to like describe a shit, you have to say like ethical and environmental. But I wish there was like a word for both, which actually meant that they gave a crap it's like the huge manufacturers having one organic cotton shirt amongst 90 percent bullshit shirts none of them are ethical but they're greenwashing it so much that it looks like that's <laughs> like they're trying um i don't know yeah just well, that, that yeah, was, maybe just calling it ethical that was partly why we didn't want to go that you know do that ourselves that we we didn't want to be green and be half ass about it mm. <laughs> you know it, it, it's and, and unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that are that are doing that you know and and, and this is one of the things I suppose if you um, sign up for some of the the uh, the schemes itself with all the you know the, the different ethical labels it, it it sort of soil station is is one of the best good ones that once you sign up, they do vet you. They come around and check you out and things like that. But the thing is, I've heard stories of people swapping inks around, you know. Of when they come in. Hmm. Yeah. Because one of the things I saw on your website as well is about you talking about the chemicals and, like, containing them. Is that to do yeah. with, like, how you're washing your screens and things? Like, how you're managing to contain it? Yeah, I, I, that's, I totally recommend for any small printers. It costs a lot to buy. And I understand it costs even more now to play. Right. So, but it, it's it's a brilliant machinery for um, for for small printers because it, it, I know I know there's a, quite a few R and D companies now that are trying to design small units mm. of like uh, of a booth size, slightly bigger than the, the screens itself you're working with, and it's a self-contained wash-up unit. Yeah. You know, that can do the washout. You can buy lots of um, modular sizes that you right. can use. You can have it for for different part of your screen cleaning and washout and so on. Mm -hmm. And those are are massively time saving devices that you know that you can just set up. So if you're standing there washing your screens out, it takes three minutes. Well, mm -hmm. three minutes of a machine doing it. One, health and safety is fantastic because the, there is no worry on it. It's all self-contained. The water is contained in, in, the, in the 
sort of machine itself. It's like, um, I suppose it's like a, 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 a wardrobe size, a small wardrobe size. What, what brand is it that you're specifically talking about? Because you cut out, but... Oh, I, I actually have a... Um, the, the machine I have is, is actually an M&R, yeah. but it was built by uh, a guy in Liverpool, All right. um, which was, was an R&D job that he was oh, doing cool. for okay. me. So he, he was testing the machinery out. He got custom bespoke yeah. scenario, so, nice. So he made it testing, there's two companies that, that he tested on before it was then sold or made for, for M&R itself. And, and right. um, you know, they, they're, they're selling it. So it goes to America and it comes back to this country again. Mm. So it's apparently economic to, to do that. So, <laughs> but there, there is um, uh, kit packs. Oh, um, okay. Now, you, everybody uh, knows kit pack itself on that. They are now looking at building a very small machine that does exactly that but so they're, they're sort of doing modular ones that you can buy for different component of what you need and obviously they're trying to they're not a cheap company to buy from but they are good and they're local you mm -hmm. know in the UK and it, it's sort of they are I, I, they've been in here to serve in someone on my machine and I was talking to the engineer and they're, they're now doing building one now to test out mm -hmm. so I, I then talked to them about so I talked to the uh the main man at uh, kitpax itself to ask him about filtration system mm. where you filter out the water that you discharge from your machines and so on so what we have here is 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 a washout booth from m and and a inline uh, screen cleaning machine yeah they so look really cool three different booths on there so and is it you 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 literally put screens in one end it pops out the other end <laughs> that's the dream clean but <laughs> we did we we got it because not because the fact we were trying to do our screens quicker is because we had a poor guy who used to deal with us now you know in the in the screening in the screen room in a in an area you know that's about a, a bedroom size cleaning a screen all day Mm. You know, and he was only cleaning 40 screens a day, yeah. but he would be there all day, every it's day. It's like his quality of life and you're like part of the team, but you're like, oh, he's got it. the worst job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he loved it. You know, summer was great because it was, you know, he was always in water and it's always cool. But, <laughs> you know, and let's say you have to find the right person that loves the job. Otherwise, it, yes, it's a nightmare, isn't it? Mm. So, but he loved it and he was fine with it. But it meant that... You know, you couldn't pay very much, and and you know, trying to bring his wages up is is hard because if you, if he can only print, if he can only clean forty screens a day, no matter what mm. happens, yeah. you know, your 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 finance is a bit stuck with that. So and and we had health and safety and all that, you know, trying to work out uh, how to to make things safe for everybody. You know, so you have all the water molecule going everywhere. You've got splashes of water going everywhere. He's applying lots of chemicals on it. That's yeah. going everywhere, you know. And, and as screen printers, we know what it's like to, to clean a screen. 
Mm. You know, it's, a, it, it's a horrible job when you're trying to do bulk of them, and especially yeah. when you've got printers that haven't scraped out the ink properly, you know, and, and it's all over the screen, you know, all over the, the frame, and mm. you're there having to try to clean it down and things. So it, 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 you're, you're a mess, you know, if you're trying to clean that many screens a day. Mm. So uh, I, I, we thought the only way we can make it safe for him and for him to do more is is invest in a in a yeah. cleaning machine and and that's that's where we went it was at the time was expensive but you know we, it's we paid for itself now do you reckon well exactly the thing is you know when when you get a machine in that can do uh 120 150 an hour oh sorry a day sorry mm. That's a holy shit, what is this thing? <laughs> it, yeah, it's yeah, a day, yeah. you know, and it means, and it also it means that there's no one there doing it. It's mm. machines doing it. You just pop it in one end and it comes out the air and ready for you. Yeah. You know, so, so if you're able to, to upscale to 150, you can tweak the, the timing and all that, and then it would do 150 for you quite happily. And, and you still get consistency of result, mm. you know. And and this is it. It, it, it sort of it, if it if you have a, a stubborn sort of batch of screens or you have a, a, a an emotion that you haven't used before and, and it's you know not quite clean enough, you just strengthen your your chemicals. Yeah. But the beauty of it all, it stays in the booth. It, it's it's all self-contained. The water stays in there. The chemical stays in there. You have a little bit drip off, but it's minimal. Mm. You know. So we found that. So we had three people working in that department. So that it was a person shooting, cleaning, and we then had, so shooting, cleaning, and the other person did something else. But, and- Tape but the, removal and ink, I don't know. Excess to me. <laughs> well, it was two people actually doing the shooting and, and right. the shooting and, and preparation work all at the same time mm. and so there was yeah so there was two people doing all the prep work for shooting and one person cleaning right. so but the two girls itself one of the girls uh, got a job in London so she went and the other girl um, was pregnant so she went on maternity so with that we knew that we would lose her for at least a year anyway mm. so which so at that time I thought okay we'll buy this machine in it means that Christian can do it all by himself. Yeah. You know, hoping. And he thrived in it. You know, he loved it because it meant that he he became extremely skilled. Mm. It meant that that so it was after the the, the year was over, uh, one of the girls didn't come back. So right. you know, that we then decided, okay, we, we won't uh, try to, you know, we had obviously part-time people coming in to cover some of it and so on. But as time went on, he got stronger and stronger. And he would then were able to do, you know, everybody's work within, yeah. within that department. Brilliant. So he, he now shoots, screen, you know, clean and prep all the screens for all, for, you know, four printers. Wow, that's incredible. Which is, <laughs> so which is, yeah, which meant then suddenly we, we realised that he's actually, you know, he should be paid equal to everybody else, really. Mm. Because he he's doing such a good you know job and it's a high-end job as well mm. which means that that you know he should be on the same wage as everybody else 
Yeah, because that's a massive impact as it travel the screen like travels through the studio and well we, we there's a choice you know you, you either buy yourself a new printing but auto or manual you know to produce more or you work out your bottlenecks that you you can produce more without you know so it, printing printing more necessary doesn't necessarily mean that you just buy a machine that prints more Yes, there's no point in being more efficient if you're not more effective. No, and 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 that's it. If 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 you buy more printing machines, and you know you have one person going around and around circle doing everything all the time and no break at all, then well that's pointless as well. Mm. You know, so we we then realise really quickly within all that 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 being efficient can only get to a certain point, but buying in automation became a lot more, uh, you were able to upskill everybody. They are able to paid a lot more mm. and, and things like that. Have you got um, like all the DTS and have you got all the toys basically? <laughs> like if like, um, have you got direct to screen or like, how do you do that? No, I, we, we, we experiment with direct to screen. Um, we experiment with all the DGG stuff and things like that. And to be fair, we 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 just we're right. We we like the traditional side of it, you know. Mm. I, I I we like the, the 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 graph of doing certain things and so on. We're now you know debating about buying in a, a new um, uh, film printer right. now, and and obviously we're researching on that. It, it, the HP apparently is a good one to go for. Cool. Um, so we're looking at all that and and I think with film it gives us flexibility in different ways we we now so we have two uh, M, uh, MHM autos right. and they are e-types and they will only print uh, to a certain sort of size but over the years we have managed to tweak it so that it will print sort of 70 <laughs> by 70 Kind of. How are you doing that? You're just like getting custom palettes made or something, like yes. spreading them yeah. out basically. We, we, we basically, so we realised that, well, the length of printing, so the stroke going from front to back or the way around, how we do our printing now, it, 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 obviously that itself has a limit. Yeah. But width-wise, there isn't. Yeah, whacking the biggest squeegee on there. You can put as much squeegee as you want. You can't do it manually because you don't have the strength to put that level of, of pressure onto a screen, onto mm. a screen and, you know, your, your palette itself to print with. But on the machine, you can. Yeah. And that was one of the things why um, I went, I mean, I, you know, we still love hand printing and so on. And that's, that's one of my favourite jobs, really. I, I, yeah. I was up there for three months last year printing and that was all sort of tea towels, local, you know, all the local tea towels and things that oh, we were cool. doing. And, and I loved it because, you know, I love that sort of time spent printing because, you know, as, as, because we, you do it for such a long time, you don't think anymore about it. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, literally because, yeah, I know what you mean. It's all muscle memory. Mm. And, and it means that my head is somewhere else. And Tom hates me going upstairs printing because he, you know, I come down with lots of different ideas then because I'm able <laughs> to think. You know. Yeah, and you're not stuck in the office, maybe making. Life. No, and I find I find that sitting behind a, a 
you know, an account system or film and things like that, you have to concentrate a lot more and, and so on. But printing, because it's all muscle memory, I, I just print and everything is done by, by the feeling of mm. how to print. So, uh, you know, your mind is wandering off somewhere else and, and you know, I come down and to say to Tom then, it's like, you know, I, I want this and this sorted. And it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's something that actually I just wanted to really quickly ask you about is if you're teaching people and you know that they're going to be on an auto, do you teach them manually so they know what they're doing in terms of like why they're putting pressure on and like, do you teach them manually or do you just push like them to learn how to do it on the automatic first? We do both. It, 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 it's basically um, printing is an ability that someone has or haven't. You can see it <laughs> in someone and don't, you don't force it on someone because if, if they don't seem to have a sense for it, there's no point going no point doing it. So what we do is is manual uh, is extremely hard to teach someone. It, it takes a long, long time for them to do it well. Mm. And you know, we I I for me because I've been printing for such a long time, I sort of teach them how to stand, how to hold the the squeegee without getting tired. We we work to around three to 500 print in a day mm. on manual. On auto, we work to, the auto will go up to 700 an hour. Wow, that's incredible, isn't it? But we, we work to a, a, for one person to be on a machine, which because of COVID, it, it's, a, it, it's an amazing thing with COVID where it has caused a massive, problem but also by things mm-hmm. you're frozen there um so by doing different things with covid it, it, it's now made us realize a whole load of different things you can do you know and right. change our work uh, our work pattern itself so with with we used to have two people on the machine and obviously when you then have to have the distancing side of it we then decided that you have one person on per machine, which meant there was about a three meter gap between everybody. Yeah, yeah. At the end it was dry as well. So, you know, they, they're, they're sort of miles away from everybody else. And, you know, you have to think about how to kill the virus as well. And, <laughs> and we realized, well, when, when someone's handing it in one end, it goes through a, a massive piece oven. of oven. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's sort of at, at 150 you know, odd degrees. Well, whatever's in it is dead sure. yeah hopefully this <laughs> bloody bugger that keeps mutating yeah, yeah so, so you know yeah. so you do you do all that and it, it made us realize that that okay you know we can teach but going the other way going on to the manual from from auto you can because the machine can be set in every way possible mm-hmm. you put an experienced machine person on it they set it all up and then you can put a a, a reasonable novice person to print yeah. And, and it's about trying to make sure that everybody down the line notice the mistake or the, 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 the problem that it may arise as it's printing. So, and, and just spotting the, the, the issues mm-hmm. and that's it. And then obviously once you, you teach them how to spot the issues and then you just pull someone over that, is, that knows what they're doing to correct it. And that's it. On the manual, it's a bit different. You, you, 
you have to spend so you know I, I tell people that you need to spend at least six months on it and it would take you about three years to become good at it and then it would take after well, that you're just always getting better hopefully yeah but yeah. and after that it's about technique and you know, about how to do something and so I teach them you know the, 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 the stance how to stand properly so you don't get tired how to hold squeegees and how to handle them so you don't get tired you know and if you really want good stomach muscles you do it slightly wrong <laughs> so <laughs> you use a lot of your stomach muscles right. you know and and it, it's so so how you work on on the auto and how you work on the manual is is very different um and it, it you know you can become extremely fit on the on the on the manual which is brilliant you know and i don't think i exercise at all for for years well, you're sweating like oh <laughs> profuse sweating and yeah you're absolutely knackered but there's nothing like that though about having like a whole day on there and you've really like grafted and you've produced something that you're really proud of i think you, you still get like pride from the auto but i don't think it's the same and I don't think, yeah, it's, auto, it's just like, yeah, yeah. The auto is different in the sense that if you, if you trying to set up an eight color job on the auto and you get it done within 20 minutes and it's bang on first time, hmm. it, it, it's a fantastic feeling. Yeah. Different challenges, different challenges. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the manual, you know, if people are working, you know, you've got quite a good machine and, you know, we, and that was one of the things you asked earlier about, you know, I inherited a whole bunch of machines that was really hard work. Mm. And, and, you know, you, you, you don't recommend it, but you have to use a hammer to, to really? knock place. <laughs> right. and right. yeah, you know, yeah. so, and, and as soon as I could afford it, I bought myself a decent manual. Mm. you know which we still have now after 20 years we're still which got... one which one have you still got for 20 years uh it's the um oh it's the mm. polish one uh and um anatol right yeah anatol. It, it's 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 a copy of the emanars because all the all the engineer um that was building the emanar manuals went to Poland and right. to to make their own, and and it's it, you know extremely uh, strong. So and that's what we still have, and and we still got it now. We just had kit packs in to do a service on it as a reset, they call it. So cost a fortune, but you know it's <laughs> always worth. And that's I would always recommend you know looking after your machine well that way, and then every once in a blue moon. You know get someone that knows what they're doing to strip it apart and put it back together again even if you know what you're doing right give it somebody else and let them because yeah. you, you might not realize how it's deteriorated until you bring it back and you then, don't yeah, yeah because you 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 work with it all day in day out and you compensate for what's wrong with it and then you just you know that's it mm. and then you know suddenly you don't notice anymore yeah. And, and that's what's the same thing with really shitty machines you know you you, you compensate so much of it and that's one of the things we we learn from uh when you're teaching because you're if you're teaching someone on a bad machine you can't teach properly because you know oh yeah you have to knock that in slightly or you have to yeah. do it in a certain way and you're on a, a certain technique that you hold this and print with that and <laughs> and you can't do that you know it, it's 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 very hard for someone to learn so you 
you, you you just don't you have to buy machines in the end once you put a screen in it prints where it's supposed to mm. and that's it oh that's really yeah yeah it's really really good talking to you because you've yeah you've just got like it seems like you've got it all all the like components like sorted together that we're still like all trying to like struggle to piece together while maintaining like a business but yeah it's um it's a good model to look up to because you've got yeah you've got a lot of stuff in place um yeah i'll definitely look into those accreditations to see if any of them are viable options on a really small scale and yeah the, the, well, going back to the green promise one i mean the Welsh government had decided of their own sort of um, they 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 felt there was a lacking of um government backed stuff Mm. And and the, the the Welsh Assembly decided that that okay you know how do we help local businesses to to uh, accredit them for what they're doing you know and and this is it and uh, you know it it, it was a, a good idea and it's started now you know uh, since the beginning of the year itself that they would check what you do and then give you the green promise. Uh, certification logo I thought it was you guys just putting up your own green environmental promise I didn't realize oh, really that really it was like a well we are doing well, that we've done that yeah. for years it's just only now we <laughs> recognize for it right okay <laughs> no we've been we've been at it for years it's just, it's just that you know there has got a logo there isn't anything around that that you know, government turns around and say, "Oh, you know, that's a nice company to 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 say, yeah, we approve of them." There's mm. loads of other stuff, you know, that you can credit yourself for in in how to run productively and how to make sure that all your paperwork is right. And you know, and the council asked you for to make sure that you got all the ISO, you know, certification things, which cost thousands of pounds, and no small business can afford it. Mm. You know. And and the Welsh government comes along and say, you know, oh, we can do this for free for you, you know, we'll check you out, and if you fall in within all the standards that we're asking for, we'll give you a logo to say Brilliant. you are accredited. For and this. also just telling you what those standards are in the first place, so you're not like <laughs> scrambling around trying to piece together. Well, it's also not not something that you have to get in place then you have to do and and things either it's about um it's about what you're planning what you're and and they want you to be thinking about it and planning it so you don't have necessarily have to be even there with all the material and all the things right. you know spent already and it, and for them it, it, it the, the whole accreditation is about you making sure that you have things in place for it you know that you are planning that route you are going down that route and they give you time to get there right. you know so as long as you're you're trying and doing it you know piece by piece they understand that you don't have to have, you can't have it on and that's the difference with with solidization you have to have all that in place before they will give you as if it to get there can cost you thousands of pounds to even get them there yeah you know and then it's not for sure that they'll come in and, and agree with everything you're doing yeah I bet you're laughing now with your uh, solar panels, with the energy prices going up. You're like, oh, I, boiling I, kettles of tea willy nilly and just. 
do you know do you know what I've, I've never understood that people invest in equipment and don't think about their building I, i'm lucky that i was able to buy ours but as soon as i could that was one of my first investment is solar panels and you know eco so water containing stuff and you know water capturing system and rainwater harvesting and like you need to think of all that because it's uh, the cost of it now be pro prior to all this you know the cost wasn't it you can budget it it, it goes within all your work and things like that yeah. it, it's you know our electric bill has trebled in the last few months mm. you know and and it's gonna impact everybody badly yes know? and how we manage our our costs itself is either going to come out of our personal profit because that's that's the bottom line cost here or we have to bring up prices mm -hmm. and how businesses are not thinking of it prior to this not not even now because now it's a bit late yeah you know you, you, if if your water gas electric is all going up by treble you know, for us, it, it, it's gone from £6,000 to £15,000, £16,000 a year now. Mm. And, and it's a mad amount. Yeah. You know, we, we brought our prices up by about 28% last year. And, oh, God, it, it, was, it was a nightmare. You know, people, we lost customers. You know, people were saying that we were just being greedy and all that kind of thing and and, and I, <laughs> I pointed out that we got the minimum wages going up to a point where when you have somebody been with you for x amount of years you can't have them close to minimum wage when somebody comes in with no experience that you're paying you know the, mm. the, the minimum wage or above minimum wage is what we, we always try to do it, it is as a training wage and then you got everybody else has been with you for you know a few years they can't be close to that you know they can't be 50 pence or a pound more yeah. it's just it's not possible so there's a couple of things we we looked at then it, it, it's all you know and we've had our solar panels for years now which meant that we could uh offset we don't like to use offsetting but you know you, you can do it for you know properly mm -hmm. itself by by saying that yes okay if you want to offset your you know fifty percent of your production to this so we can actually become carbon neutral mm -hmm. you know all our water we we saved it's all the containing side of of cleaning it meant that our water bill went to a quarter wow that's a <laughs> you know because it, it's, you're not no longer discharging all the water out. Yeah, yeah. And, and then we're, we're now thinking, okay, how do we make that water even better? You know, you can never take out the chemicals, but the, the, the fact you can take out all the molecule, the, the, the plastic or you know, any lint that's in the ink and in the, in the, uh, that you scrape away and so on. Mm -hmm. you know, so all that itself, that, that we then looked at how to dispose of it. So we got companies in to take or our high um, uh, particle. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the high particle stuff away. So that then gets processed. 
uh, or our rags that we use to wipe up our stuff, what we do with that. So that goes into a certain pile and so on. So we've really thought of how disposable stuff is as important as it is to make sure that we produce everything, you know, or buy in everything ecologically mm. as well. So yeah. it, it is that it's again this holist, holistic side, yeah. including trying to get people to work better, you know, to work so um, it have a nice environment for them to work because yeah. that means that they will do a better job of it as well. And it all may, it all just funnel it all just seems to be from what you're saying just funnels back into not just being you don't have to do it just from an environmental or moral standpoint or like just wanting to pay your people right all those things combined seem to feed back into the business and make you more profitable and sustaining self-sustaining anyway like the environmental choices that you made are now paying off so well, my 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 biggest you know change that i i so created for myself and for the guys here is like you know what what i wanted for myself is what i would achieve for everybody else here as well because there's no mm. point you know me so wandering off having a nice life when really you know everybody else is is struggling to to run the business for me and things like that and i didn't want that you know I, i've never been I, I i came from printing i came from my first job was was in the company that I worked for was screen cleaning mm. and I was there for a number of years doing it you know and I, I knew what it was like to be the lowest paid person within the business and mm. doing the most shittiest job that no one really you know care about you <laughs> and and so as time went on you know I knew that that I didn't want uh, designers to uh, prance about to say I'm a designer so therefore you know do what I ask and I don't care about you printing it mm -hmm. and so when we employ people we bring people in as you know we we they come in to interview for a designer uh, job and we would put them on the floor to sweep, mm -hmm. sweep the floor for two weeks because I just want to know what the attitude was like. It sounds like a Mr. Miyagi type situation. <laughs> They're like, what am I doing? I want to be on a well, movie. But, you know, but this, but no, this it is, is it. It is useful. I, I understand why you're doing it. But yeah. It is because you, you, you need to get the attitude out. You know, you, you can't have... Because when you've got a bunch of people working together, they have to work together well and respect each other. You know, it, it, it's not... I'm better than you or, or that I'm paid more than you. I and mean, we, we now, over the years, we've now balanced everybody's wages out so that, you know, who, no matter who you are, it, you need to be on a kind of a, a similar wage and you mm. all need to have a good sort of living standard to go home with and, you know, and we, we then changed. So my, my daughter came along five years ago. And mm -hmm. um, a year before that, or you know, nine months before that when we knew, I'd, I'd, I'd said to Tom that, you know, I need to achieve this by the time she was born. And, you know, I need to go home. I was working more hours, you know, yeah. with my first son, who was basically took most of the brunt of me not being home. Right. You know, you, you get home at nine o'clock at night and he's at the top of the stairs 
you know, a, a two, three-year-old. So turning around saying, you know, I, I don't want to go to bed yet because I- Yeah, because you're excited for you now. Oh, yeah. You know, and then said, <laughs> and that killed me. And I, and when my daughter came along, or, you know, we knew we were having a daughter then, I, 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 I said to, to the guys here, I need to get home. You know, I need to leave here. And I don't want to be picking up the mistakes, the problems, the and dealing with customers because you guys, you know, have done your bit and you've gone home. I don't want to be doing that. Mm. You know, the problem needs to be all of us. It has to be done by all of us. So we put a few things in place to, to say that anything that goes wrong that is not, uh, our, not the customer's fault, we need to correct. If it's our fault, we need to correct mm. it. Yeah, more accountability. Yeah, and, and the fact is then, you know, everybody goes home at four and, or no one goes home at four. Nice. Yeah. And, and amazingly where a printer would take two hours having to finish off a job because it's gone wrong that day. Yeah. Suddenly when everybody stayed, the job was done in half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, what well, is it? it? It's so amazingly all that. It's a really good done. tactic. That's a really good tactic because now everyone's talking about this four day work week. And that's kind of across the whole work, across the whole week, you've kind of implemented your own version of that, haven't you? You're kind of saying, yeah, people go home and you get home to see your kids and put them to bed. So well, that's, that's it. Yeah. It, it. It's not just me what trying to get home, it's the fact that all of us get home. So, you know, we, we so years ago, we started changing our time, you know, where, where we were doing 40 hours with 20 hours over, you know, so, so we, we were hitting probably 50 hour a week with another 20 hours on top as overtime, mm. you know, and, and we didn't think anything of it. That went on for years, kind of like, oh, yeah, it's quite, it, it is normal, you know, and I, when I first started, I was, I would be, you know, where, where you have the, the night owl customers coming in at 11 o'clock at night and we'd be up to, you know, having a beer. It was just fantastic. Loved it. But you know, <laughs> when, when it was me and just Tom, it's like, you know, you have a beer, crack open the beer, it's two o'clock in the morning, you're still talking about printing and, you know, someone's job. And then, you know, you're back in at six in the morning printing and so on. It, it was great when you're single and you're right. still single that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You're never going to meet anyone. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> that's gonna keep you single at least you've got your and your scroogey and, and you know you 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 meet people but you, you it, they don't hang around long mm, that's <laughs> so, funny <laughs> and then but you know but then it's either become your total lifestyle that that is all you do or you need a life outside it and 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 i might you know one of the comment that friends uh, a print friend of mine said is like you love it for now but you know after 20 years and you're you're at it all this time you're gonna hate it mm, you might you know? need an escape route <laughs> so, yeah so you have to balance yourself in that you, you need to you need to turn around and say you know it, it, it's all you love your job but you need to stop and do something else as yeah. well and yeah. that's where we start introducing the, the the sort of time limit and so on so we went from those kind of hours down to 40 hours down to 37.5 hours mm. and we found that our production didn't change yeah you know? that's a sweet spot yeah the production didn't change and now we've, we've gone down to 35 hours you know with people going home 
So we can do now four days. We're close to that point of, of so seven hour day and you go home at four. Mm. And the only reason you stay late is that something's gone wrong, you can't help it. And or that, you know, you, you well, that's it really. Yeah, yeah. It, it, something's gone wrong, you have to stay and do it. But but everybody stays and do it. It means it's done really quickly. Yeah, and, and that, that was one of the things we, we implemented. And, and if they did stay late, right, we monitored for about two years who did what and why did they you know, stay late. Mm. And we would question it. And that brought up a lot of uh, sort of practical solution within it as well, that, that you know, we understood why they were staying late. Partly, you know, some people don't want to go home because they're not having a great life at home. Right. You know, and, that was, and then that became a mindful thing as well. You know, had to, then you realise that, okay, people's lives at home are not always great. So therefore, that's why they're staying late. You know, it's not about work. It's not. That's and then, incredible. Yeah. yeah. You can't you, imagine that to, as a. To look at, at, you know, their state of mind as well. And, and it helps when you're there to listen to, because you don't give advice because you can't. You know, you, you listen to it, and and just by doing that, changing uh, people's uh, understanding of their lifestyle as well, that, mm. that it really helps. So, so we then put in that thing that you can't stay. You know, that there is no overtime, and if you do do overtime, we want to know why. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that if if they're having to stay late all the time because job keeps going wrong, it's retraining. They they haven't done their job well enough to your standard so therefore you need to look at how do you train them to do that job better yeah you know and if 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 all that is done and they're still not going home then there's something else going on you know and, you, yeah. and, and working through that does take time but it does make people a lot happier that you mm. feel that you know you're on top of it you're asking questions you know covid vaccine you know we didn't realize there was people here that had issues with vaccine mm. you know, and, and and you're asking so you have to pull people aside to ask them why but yeah. it's not prying it's just simply you know facts just, yeah hmm. so it's so tricky like um all these like nuances and stuff um i think i think that's all we've got time for, for this particular podcast but <laughs> i feel like we could do another one in a few months because i you're just like a well of knowledge do, i've us. still got loads of <laughs> i know i know um yeah i'll just have to get you on again or like <laughs> come do a shop tour when when all the covid's cleared up or something like that that would be amazing um, well, it, it, it's been it's been nice actually I, I i didn't know what to expect but it's um it's been really nice to talk to somebody that, that has a massive interest in the whole thing as well and yeah. you know, hopefully people people like um, some of the things that we've, we've been talking about. I think definitely. And then what I found is that previous podcasts, um, like previous shop owners and stuff, they, they're all like mingling now. So they're like, oh, I didn't know you were down the road or, oh, you said that thing and I've got, I relate to that. So they're all like, like making little friendship groups, um, like cross-pollinating. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting actually. Uh, just... Uh, I think one of the one of the main things you there's one of your last question here on on the you know what advice you can give to people is really learn to say no 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> that's 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 what I mind, but I always sound really harsh. But yeah, just learn to say no. It is it, no. you know, stick to what you are happy to do and tell a customer that that no, I'm, I'm you know, if you want to use me, you're gonna do it this way, and mm. that's it. And and I think that that does help for your own mind as well, really. And, mm. and you know, and it Stop is stop being a people pleaser. <laughs> Well, people always push it, no matter mm. what happens. People, if you give, they want more. And it's very rare that they don't. And it, mm. you just learn to, you know, go home and see people that you love, you know, spend time with them. And as much as you love what you do, don't stay and do it. Put it down and go home. <laughs> Perfect. That's such a good way to end. <laughs> just say no and <laughs> no, and go home and enjoy your, your what's around you and, that, yeah, and COVID yeah. has, has helped in that you know yeah. the ones that have benefited uh, has sort of come out of it hopefully you know a lot better understanding that you know you, you see your environment you go out for walks more you know mm. you, you spend more time with family and, and a lot of people have died from this and mm. and you know a lot of people are you know, still in quite sort of shock and you know mourning about about everything. But on the on the good side, you know, hopefully our work life balance at home and you know doing these kind of podcasts. I've I've done loads of Zoom calls now on different things. You know, mm. gone down into allotment and growing things now, which I've never. I don't think I've kept a life a lot. You know, plant alive for for more than there's one. You got one behind you. There's one. <laughs> we got. We got. Yeah. Well, two. Tom, Tom insisted that we had to change our office to to have more plants here okay. and and so we have now and at home you know we've got billions of plants but <laughs> it's it, it sort of yeah so I was never able to keep a plant alive for more than a few weeks and now <laughs> suddenly you know you've got loads You're of a gardener no a farmer <laughs> <laughs> well that's it and you just learn to live you know to to have a life as well and mm -hmm. you know and it is we 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 do need to have a work that you enjoy and, and a balance of, of life after that as well yeah. and you know and that, that keeps you going for a lot longer yeah, yeah. make sure you don't burn out oh that's awesome well, thank you so much Rob no, uh, no thank you for that so thank you for uh, and I've already got your your awesome photo with um with your well, kid son. as well yeah yeah <laughs> my son is you know he's he's lovely so he's definitely a little doppelganger of you though isn't he it's like literally like smaller and bigger version it's quite funny yeah yeah well i, I don't know I, he, he asked me about printing and and he, he loves he you know because obviously we're into the arts and so on and he does a lot of painting and printing and he you know one of his favorites is is we i i set up a, a carousel for him so right. he does his own printing and things of that as well so nice you know he does all that and and he asked about you know ever coming into the business and I was like no don't you know <laughs> it, it, try to find your own thing and yeah. so you know I'm more than happy to to help him out and he come in and do a bit of work for me and things like that but mm. but it, it, it's it's one of those things that you know if he does he does but if he doesn't you know he, he yeah. does on his own, own way in life really and, <laughs> yeah so and I I Introduce loads of printing with, with loads of the kids now. Yeah. And so we've got that skill. 
yeah and the kids you know the kids love it and it's just trying to get people to understand that that you know t-shirt and garments isn't a something that you wear it, it, it's a piece of art that someone mm. has designed and put on that you know and and no one really understands that they just wear it and it's a piece of garment but you know it's an expression it can be people, yeah people put a lot of work into it mm. and you know and to to pay a decent amount for it because mm -hmm. you know a lot of people design stuff that that ends up selling it for for pennies you know and really you can't charge what it's worth yeah <laughs> the time people have put in but you know people want to buy at the same price as you would buy from the supermarket and it's like mm. well I, you know it doesn't work that way yeah well as you said there i think they're realizing and just go keep doing what you're saying and just keep educating the customers and just keep elevating ourselves and our services and what we're producing as much as possible. Yeah. That's what I got from what you said. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah, that's awesome. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, send you all your thumbnails and your links and things in a few weeks when it's when I put it up. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Cheers, all right. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye, Rob.